0: set the scene how about a scene setter set the scene already pal all right I'll set the scene for you uh tired irritable cranky straight up fatigue in my sweats right now whiny almost whiny didn't sleep well didn't sleep well at all couldn't focus today I even cried today and I know on the last episode I said I never cry oh I cried today and I know on the last episode I started talking about death and different ways of viewing death to make it easier, which is weird that I just talked about that because right now I have an opportunity to analyze death, to feel a little closer to processing death because I had a friend die yesterday. I know I joke around a lot. So if you're waiting for a punchline, there's really no punchline. There's no way to candy coat that or soften it. But my childhood friend, Matt, died yesterday. Matt was a good guy. And my buddy Rick texted me last night as I was putting the girls down, doing the endless goodnights, 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 and goodnight again. I looked at my phone and Rick just broke me the news through a text message, said Matt died this morning. And I was like, no, mm-mm, can't process that straight shock, straight shock. I say, could I call you later? Can we try to process this one together? And when I say a childhood friend, I'm talking about earliest memories of a friend. Going back to kindergarten, age five, a friend from kindergarten all the way through elementary school, middle school, high school, although haven't seen the guy in about 15 years. The memories are endless. And it's still too surreal. Grief is weird. Grief is so weird. Because it'll sit on the back burner for a bit, and you could go about your day for maybe an hour or two, and then it just comes full throttle into your consciousness, comes to the surface of your thoughts. And today I was just like, no, no, this fucking sucks. For lack of a better description, this fucking sucks. And I don't really know any details. I'm not going to speculate. It's a mystery at this point. We're all 40, 41 years old, my group of friends. So obviously way too young, way too young to start expecting this to become the norm where you get calls about this friend has passed or that friend has passed. So there's a certain level of shock permeating amongst people that knew him. And people that knew him really liked him. This was the coolest guy in our entire grade. And we had a good class. When I say we had a good class, pretty tight knit, a lot of love in the class of 99. And Matt was a natural-born leader, as natural as any leader could be. And I used to tell him that throughout our lives. I told him that all the time. You could have been an incredible politician because for some reason, your energy just attracts people. And I don't think he really understood because it was just so natural. It was just who he was. I remember vividly the first day of school of kindergarten when the bus stop picked him up. He was just so much bigger than the other kids. And this might sound like folklore. A lot of this might sound like I'm describing Paul Bunyan or just some superhuman mythical folk hero. Might sound like Tall Tales when I'm talking about Matt. But it's true. I remember the bus stop. I was already on the big yellow school bus and I looked out the window and there he was. And it seemed like he had a posse already. Seemed like he was 6'2", 220, had a flat top was wearing a satin starter jacket, Minnesota Twins. This is kindergarten. That same jacket he gave me when I was in eighth grade and it finally fit me. I loved his satin starter jacket and he knew I liked it. So he finally gave it to me. So I think I entered kindergarten the size of a tadpole, a literal tadpole, and Matt showed up looking like he was the principal of the school. But we were in the same grade. It never felt like we were in the same grade. He had older sibling vibe. He kind of seemed like he had done that before. Oh yeah, kindergarten? I mean, I guess I'll go through the motions again, but yeah, I've done it. Just adult mentality for a five-year-old. For a five-year-old. Immediately, it always seemed like he had eight to ten people always around him. Just letting him set the tone. Hey, it's kickball today. And guess what? We played kickball. Yo, we're doing handball next week. Very declarative said, yeah, I guess we are doing handball. Hey, tell your parents to start buying squeeze All right, we're doing squeeze Hey, They start puncturing Capri Suns from the bottom from now on. Okay, Matt, we'll puncture the Capri Sun from the bottom. And it wasn't bullying. It wasn't like so demanding. It was just people loved him. Loved this dude. Legend. Matt Bravo was an absolute legend in this little neighborhood I'm from. And beyond. I guess anybody else that met him probably felt that energy. But he seemed to always know what kind of rap we should be listening to. Fellas, we're gathering in my driveway at 5 p.m. I got the new N.W.A. Bro, if you show up at my window, he had like a window that people would show up to. You go through the front gate of the house, and it was just him at the window. Rosie. He had nicknames for everybody. He definitely coined the term Rosie. J. Rosie. You ever heard two live crew? I'm going to be playing that tape at 8 p.m. You show up. You show up at 8 p.m. I'll have a cigarette for you. I don't care that we're eight years old. I'll have a cigarette and we'll listen to some two live crew. And I remember the logo on his tape, parental advisory, explicit lyrics. And it just felt, oh, we're doing some bad shit. Matt was the catalyst of bad shit. Nine, 10, 11, 12 years old. Rosie. I have a Coors Light. Here's a cigarette. We're going to watch Freddy Krueger. Really, Matt? Because I'm pretty sure that'll scare the shit out of me. Nah, we're watching A Nightmare on Elm Street. One, two, and three. Well, then could I sleep over? No. Then you're going to walk home. Mm, Okay. Okay. Dude had a big heart. The whole family. Big hearts. They always took someone in. Someone from a less fortunate background always seemed to be living at their house. The fridge was always open. The mom was always cooking. The dad was always in his tidy whities and Matt nicknamed him Saggy. I don't know why. Maybe it was because the tidy whities sagged, or maybe his whole body sagged. But it just seemed like the perfect nickname. When Matt would drop a nickname on someone, it just stuck for life. Hey, that's Rosie, that's Domer, that's Saggy. And people didn't question it, okay? That's Rosie, that's Domer, and his dad is now Saggy. Always introduce me to new music. Mac Mall, Tony, 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 the soundtrack to Mo Money, Rosie, we're listening to Mo Money. Okay. This is what I did all day. I just reminisced in my head about this guy. I started picturing him as a kid and I started feeling for his parents right now. I mean, that level of empathy you can attempt to feel for a family suffering right now. That's like literal pain. This is a painful story that's going to impact a lot of people. He was loved by a lot of people. I didn't even mean for this to be like some big tribute to Matt Brabo, someone you probably don't know. He was a firefighter in a town called Lone. I just found all of this out. I have not been in touch with him in about 15, 16, 17 years. So my memories go back to when you develop memories. Group of friends going through the juvenile hall dumpster and finding a playboy. And that Playboy was sacred. This is a true story. And we would rotate each week who got the Playboy. And once it was my week. And Matt came over every single day. Every single day. It was my week with the Playboy magazine. And Matt showed up every day. Rosie, I miss the Playboy. Okay, okay, you could look at the Playboy too. We loved the Playboy. God, who would we have been in this day and age of accessible adult entertainment on your phone? Just Google it up. We had to go in a juvenile hall dumpster to find a torn-up Playboy, and that was like treasure. Rotate who gets it each week. And if the Playboy was at Matt's, his house was not open that week. But usually his house was open, and he knew how to use his pager, a landline. This is all before smartphones and the Internet, and the guy has no social media presence. So when I say I have no clue what his life has become, I truly mean it. Not on Facebook, not on Twitter, not on Snapchat, not on TikTok. Not on Instagram. Just vanished. So today was just a day of memories. Talking to other friends. How you feeling? You processing this? What comes to mind when you picture Matt? All love. All parties. All parties. Always had an idea. Hey, paintballing. Then we're going duck hunting with Saggy. And then Rosie. Come over. Another horror movie. Matt, I don't like horror. I, I have to break you the news. He even once served me something called coffee tea. He had a soft side. Hey, Rosie, when you put milk in tea, it's called coffee tea. Drink it. It was good. I don't know why he seemed like an adult immediately as a kid. Seemed like he got his driver's license when he was 10. Just schmobbing around the Berry Streets, the Wood Streets, the Stone Streets. He would drive with his left wrist on top of the steering wheel. Going slowly through the streets, just announcing to everybody where the party was. Hey, we're going to the Y Hill tonight, 7 o'clock. Be a red dog keg. Hey, we're going up Freitas tonight. Swisher sweets and Saint Ives. He was like a caterer. He's like a party caterer, a party planner for teens. Hey, Rosie, hona hona. We're doing a couple of kegs of Bud Dry down by the creek. Down by the creek, a couple of kegs of Bud Dry, and guess what? We would do it. And he would bring someone from our grade that no one knew and made him cool. That was Matt Bravo. If you kicked it with Matt, you were cool. I don't even know the full definition in Webster's Dictionary of cool, but he actually embodied it. He's just the coolest guy in our grade. I think that's undeniable. I think most people would agree. Who's the coolest guy in your entire grade? Oh, that was Matt. That was Matt. Bringing me coffee, tea, creek walking. Rosie, get some shitty shoes. We're going to walk in that creek. It just rained, and we would walk in the creek. It sounds like this is a story from the 1800s. Dude who would just catch crawdads. We're creek walking with crawdads, Rosie. Okay. I don't think anyone ever questioned this guy. From age 5 to 18 when we graduated, I don't think anyone ever questioned him. That was a trendsetter right there. That's a natural legend who could set the tone. Bring that energy. Bring that love, that positivity. And no matter how messed up people would get, he seemed to make sure everyone got home seriously he was like a dad so weird that he was in my grade mud football he played mud football go creek walking and it seemed like he would go walk everyone home knock on the door tell the parents how it went hey lou had a touchdown today and he fumbled in the end zone so he's gonna have to work on that hey mrs rosenberg josh had a few good runs today uh you're gonna have to do some laundry though he'd walk us all home with his nerf turbo hit up Rick's house, Brandon's house, Cree's house, Ryan's house, Lou's house. And slowly more people would be playing mud football and slowly Matt would be walking them all back, talking to parents. He talked to parents like he was a parent. Hey, let's take the training wheels off of Rosie's bike. I think he's ready. Yeah, let's teach him how to tie a tie this week. And then I'd like him to start learning some Mac Mall lyrics. When he would laugh, one eye would shut. He slicked his hair back with gel, depth gel. One best dressed. I think it's just because he had white jeans. No one else was rocking white jeans. It's going to seem like a very scattered episode. I'm just going to pause, think about the guy, and say whatever comes to mind. The night of my bar mitzvah, he took me aside and said, Rosie, hey, you remember my guinea pig? I lent that shit to Carl. They fucking ate it. I was like, what? He knew it would make me laugh. I think a lot of this sounds tongue-in-cheek. He wasn't that demanding. He just was always using that tone. But he knew it made people laugh. He was the funniest dude. I was like, what? You lent your guinea pig to them? The family ate it, barbecued that motherfucker. I'm going to miss that guinea pig. And I was like, it's my bar mitzvah, Matt. It's funny to picture Matt in a synagogue watching me chant from the Torah, and then that night he broke me the news about his guinea pig, and I was dying with laughter for days, because he liked his guinea pig. In his bedroom, that was science class. He had all the rap tapes, but he also had a guinea pig, and he lent it to a friend, and the family thought he was lending them something to kill and eat. Even if that story wasn't true, it's pretty funny. Pretty funny thing to make up. Dude had an entourage, would always delegate responsibilities. Domer, pick up thirty people. Rick, pack the copy, pack the school. Rosie, crack a joke. Bart, crack the window. I farted. Count, give me some creatine. I'm about to lift. Pull the car over, Domer. I'm about to just curl in the street. Just curl some weights. Walker, turn up the Ray Love. Turn up the Otis Redding. I once drove home down Miller Creek Road and saw him just driving golf balls into the hills. So much of this shit just sounds like Paul Bunyan, like I'm describing some folklore, tall tales of Matt Brabo. We got to honor these. These are real memories, just driving golf balls. And then he told us all, hey, golf is cool. And we said, oh, we didn't know that. Golf's cool. Matt says it's cool. It's cool. You're just driving golf balls into the hills. That's some high-level littering. I was in his backyard once. He had BB guns. And he would just shoot crows right off the telephone wires. That's a crime, folks. You don't see many kids 11 years old just grab the old BB gun and start killing birds. But once again, these stories, these sound ancient. Half this shit kids wouldn't be doing nowadays. Most of this shit would be on the front page of a local newspaper. But the world was his playground. The man was great. He missed that guinea pig. And he really understood the recipe for coffee tea. Hey, Matt, what makes a coffee tea? You put the milk in there. Thanks, bro. Rosie. Well, shit, huh? That's how he would greet people. Well, shit, huh? I think he taught me how to play Nintendo. His family had the original Nintendo before our family did. And Duck Hunt was eh. He loved Duck Hunt, pretending he was at war. But when it came to warp zones and just understanding how to get fireballs when you're small or going through all the levels, he was like a scientist of Mario. Get very frustrated when I would die. I had to be Luigi and I died quickly. He didn't like that. Hey, Rosie, you got to go home. Okay. Then he'd call me. Hey, Rosie, you could come back. I got more lives. I come back, I lose. Hey, Rosie, you got to go home. When you have the star, when you have the star, you just run through everybody. You don't just stay still. It's a very obscure Nintendo reference for you, right there. I don't even know what this episode is. This is all about Matt, who died too young. And I'm assuming there's going to be a memorial, a funeral, where I'm going to see so many people from so many different grades come out because he touched a lot of lives. And I hope to learn more about what his life became as an adult. I know he had a daughter. I know he had a wife. And I know his family must be grieving like crazy right now. And I know sometimes reminders like this cause us to look at our own mortality and say, all right, it's a finite amount of days. Live them up. Try to see the value in each breath. I know that's impossible. But what about this next breath? If you're listening right now, what about the value of your next breath? Focus on it right now. Let's have that mindful moment of being alive right now because it's a gift. I wish I still had that Minnesota Twins satin starter jacket. Why Minnesota Twins? Who knows? Did he know I'd eventually marry a woman from Minnesota? Yeah, I think he did. I think he knew everything. He kind of had Ice Cube's energy. I say he had a leader's mentality. He had Ice Cube's energy in Friday. If you watch the movie Friday, kind of laid back, but still the shot caller. He knew workers at the mall. I don't even know how he knew so many people. He would take the bus around. 12-year-old just had to go to the city for some shit. Matt, did you just take the bus to the city? You had to handle some shit. What did you handle? It's insane that we were in the same grade. It sounds like I'm describing someone 30 years older than me. It always felt like he was 30 years older than me. But we were buddies. He was buddies with so many people. I feel like his family always had a litter of puppies. And he was always trying to sell one to me. Rosie, which one do you need? I was like, these are dogs, Matt. I'm a kid. I don't just take dogs. He's like, then you want the adult? You want the mom or the dad? I'll chain him to the fence. You come by tonight, 9 p.m., you drop $200 in the mailbox. You got that dog. It's a true story. He was always trying to sell a dog. I won't miss him, Rosie. Just take that dog home. Your mom will understand. Your dad will understand. No, they won't, Matt. When the whole school hated me because I pushed uh, Kenny and Julie into the water at the Marin Lagoon, I mentioned that. Big regret. Wish I didn't do that. Hey, could I get that moment back? Could I press rewind? Well, no one talked to me at school. I think this is eighth grade. No one talked to me. Everyone pissed at me. It's a weird feeling. Except Matt. He came up to me and said, Hey, we got to find a way to clear your name, bro. I was like, what is that? What? What does that mean? Clear your name. He knew every hip hop term. It's like he studied menace to society. He studied poetic justice. He studied all inner city hip hop movies and would just adopt the vernacular. And if he said it, 20 other people would say it. It's tough to describe somebody that was so influential from age 5 to 18. I'm not trying to describe like a godlike figure like he was just flawless. But there was something about this guy. And I was reading comments. Some people have posted about it on Facebook. Rest in peace. And all the comments are just like, what a hero. Like, What a great dude. What a legend. What a heart. People liked him. That's why I'm so pissed and sad and confused, and processing all of this, and just like all the emotions, if you've ever dealt with a friend dying, it's just senseless. I don't think I'll get to any of these bullet points that I actually wrote down. Eh, uh, maybe one. I went into, <laughs> I went into a subway. <laughs> How insignificant does this shit sound? After that whole intro about Matt, To talk about Subway? But I like Subway, and I hadn't been to a Subway in a couple of years. Am I going to go through with this Subway story? This seems like it's in poor taste. But I'm not doing carbs right now. I'm trying to limit bread, rice, tortillas. I mean, I cheat from time to time, but I'm not doing bread. And it was still calling my name. I couldn't resist. Two years without Subway, I finally went in. I had some time to kill before a doctor's appointment. Oh yeah, I see a lot of doctors. I'm still swaying. I'm still bobbing. Is he going to complain about the MDDS? Uh, a little bit, yeah. But I had some time to kill before the appointment. There was S-U-B-W-A-Y. Although I missed the old logo, and I missed the way they used to cut the bread. They used to take a wedge out of the top. Because when you're watching the sandwich artists, and I do call them artists, when they're cutting your bread, if it's fresh and they rip it and they keep going, you got you got to say something like, "Hey, grab a different one. Grab a different roll. That shit's ripped. All the veggies are about to fall out. But I didn't do bread. I walked in. I was the only guy in there with my mask. And I said, do you guys do salads? And he looked at me. Looked like a Russian wrestler, this guy. This guy was built like a circle. He said, yeah, we do salads, bro, bro, bro triple bro to me of course we do salads bro 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 i said then i'll have a salad i guess you just turn sandwiches into salads here i am sounding like i'm the foreigner in this story what do you do here you turn sandwich into salad yeah bro you turn sandwich right into salad and then he goes but pump your brakes for a moment my friend have a seat and he put on his bifocals And he had a lot of paperwork. If we're going to properly turn sandwich into salad, can I interest you in protein bowl? In protein bowl? Protein bowl? Is that a city by Vladivostok? No, my friend. Bro, 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 come on. Protein bowl is where I could double your protein meat, still add some shredded cheese, cheddar, mozzarella, or perhaps even involve some avocado. Are you going to involve avocado? Should we put an L in that? Caldo? But in all honesty, he kept upselling me. He was so salesy and effective. So I was convinced that I was doing something healthy. I was like, all right, a salad. So he takes me through the base. He's the lettuce, the spinach. I could do double lettuce, double spinach. You want double? And I knew he was going to charge me for all this shit. And then he brought out this like rubber bowl, this empty rubber bowl. And he goes, I could fill the whole fucking thing, bro with chicken if you want to go protein size i was like what is the secret subway menu i am finally learning about then he goes have you had a chance to see our dressings i got ranch i got bacon ranch i got buttermilk ranch i put ranch in your pockets i'll put ranch in your backpack i'll put ranch all over your salad and i'll squeeze it in the back of your head when you leave i said i don't think i want any of that you cocksucker and i Shouldn't have said that. Back to reality though. So he's making the salad and he did constantly keep saying, you know, if you put some bacon here, I won't charge you too much. (laughs) Am I still talking? Am I still talking? I'm very tired. I didn't sleep much thinking about Matt and that'll be my night tonight. I'll just be thinking about the sadness. But if I don't mention the subway story, then the terrorists win. So by the end, he squirted so much ranch and bacon and avocado and shredded cheese onto like a few pieces of spinach that it was like the world's most unhealthy salad. And he was so proud of it because he upsold me everything. He was a great salesman. And once we got through the paperwork and I gave him my social security number and my bank account number, I was out of there and ready to rock. And that story is, eh, I'd say, 84% true. 84% true? That's a big percentage. It's a big percentage. All right, I'm not going to get to all these... Thoughts that I had throughout the week, but I will end with this. I am 40. you like, we know you say it quite a bit. 40, right? 40. Even my students are shocked. They think I'm so much younger. Mr. Rosenberg, you look 27. They don't say, but 40. And I think the truth is, as we start to age, we don't feel like we are that number. People in their 70s right now, they don't look in the mirror and go, yep, I feel like I'm in my 70s. They probably go, God, I remember when I was younger and I thought about people in their 70s, and shit, that seemed old, and now I'm that. Well, Judd Apatow did a movie called This is 40, and I remember seeing it. Why do I remember so vividly? Because it's one of the two movies in my whole life that I have seen alone in the movie theater. The other one was Argo. With Ben Affleck. That was good. But this is 40. Why did I go to a movie alone? Because it was right when I was laid off. Right when I got dumped by a radio station. They threw me out. Like Uncle Phil used to toss DJ Jazzy Jeff. And Matt used to like Fresh Prince. So that's a solid reference. And when you get fired or laid off, there's usually like some midweek moment where you're in your sweats Tuesday at 11 a.m. Where you're like, now What? And I looked in the movie section. All right, this is 40. And I went alone to see this movie. And Paul Rudd and Leslie Mann are the stars of this. And they have two daughters. And they looked old. They looked older, I should say. Paul Rudd and Leslie Mann with two daughters in a movie called This is 40. And when I saw it, it looked so adult. And now I'm living it and I don't feel it. Until I take my riboflavin, my magnesium, my oil of oregano, my homeopathic medicine. Might be starting my clonazepam soon. Haven't started yet. Just answer your next question. And then I look around my bathroom cabinets for all the pills I need just to start my day. And Holy shit, this is 40. This is 40. I have a pinched nerve in my neck. I can't look to my left right now. I don't know how I did that. On any given day, I'll have an ailment and an injury that comes out of nowhere. It's a long way of saying, I'm not young. Not young. And when I was texting Brandon, one of my buddies, last night about Matt, because I was texting with everybody. He said, damn, we're getting old. Where we are going to start receiving tragic news a little more often. Not too often. I mean, we're in our 40s. Not too often, but a little more often we're going to get texts like that. And you'll never get used to it. It's always going to create a sad reaction. But we lost a legend. So I think I'll finish with a little Mac Mall. Or should I finish with a little 2 Live Crew or NWA? Let me think. What are the other Matt songs? Actually, yeah, we'll go Mac Mall. That'll be how I wrap up this very somber, but also I love nostalgia. And if nostalgia makes me smile, then that means Matt will continue to have an impact. That's good. Most of the stories I think of make me happy. I mean, the end makes me absolutely miserable. But nostalgia is a wonderful place for the mind to wander into when it comes to times like these. All right, that's 172 episodes in the books adiós flushed away i'll talk to you soon